Coming up on Studios America, I'm joined by Jill Savage to talk John Gruden and Kyrie Irving. Ben and Jerry give us another reason to avoid their ridiculous ice cream. And we take a moment tonight to remember the wrongfully canceled and to remind the world that baselessly ruining people's lives is a pretty crappy thing to do, as we do fame shaming. Stu does America. Let's let's start talking with uh, John Gruden today. John Gruden, of course, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, at least until, you know, yesterday. Uh, first, there was an email that leaked that said the head of the uh, NFL Players Association had large lips. This was not a good comment at all by John Gruden, but it was in a private email and it was leaked to, I believe, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, John Gruden comes out, he does the whole apology thing, and I think at this point he realizes there's more to come. But they, he finishes the weekend, he coaches the game, and then during Monday afternoon, a story breaks on the New York Times with a bunch more quotes from his emails. Some of it was really bad, some of it was more like, you know, calling the commissioner of the NFL nasty names. So there was a variety there. We'll get into the details a little bit more here later in the program. But now he has resigned so that he won't be a distraction, which whenever you hear that is usually a excuse. We're used to this at this point, right? Famous guy gets caught saying or doing something bad, has his career ruined. Rinse and repeat. We're all used to this by now. Sometimes those stories make sense, you know, like Harvey Weinstein. Pretty good, pretty good example of cancel culture working. And sometimes, you know, they don't, like Gina Carano, for example. But perhaps stranger is our society's desire to take totally random people we've never heard of before, take one moment out of context to define them completely, and then ruin their lives. There's a new HBO documentary called 15 Minutes of Shame. Now, you might recognize one of the executive producers. It's done by Monica Lewinsky. And it goes through a bunch of examples of internet shaming. Of course, she identifies as the uh, patient zero in the world of internet shaming. Um, some of which, uh, some of these examples I hadn't heard before, but a couple of them will be really familiar to you if you watch this program because we talked about them at the time. Remember this guy, this is very early on in the pandemic uh, and the New York Times decided to target this guy whose name you don't know uh, because he was an evil price gouger. The headline was he has 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer and nowhere to sell them. Amazon cracked down on coronavirus price gouging. Now, while the world, while the rest of the world searches, some sellers are holding stockpiles of sanitizer and masks. He was evil, right? I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. He's price gouging people. He's hoarding uh, hand sanitizer. Oh my gosh! And he was the talk of the town for a few days. He was bashed over and over and over again for price gouging. But of course. It was more nuanced than that. Here is kind of a description of what he was doing for a living. In early 2020, I was the owner of a thriving e-commerce business selling things on Amazon. A lot of times it's a third-party seller who Amazon is allowing to use their platform. I sold everything from bird seed to toys, dolls, going to stores like Ross and Walmart and finding things that were discontinued or in short supply that people were willing to pay a little bit more for on Amazon and making my living off of that. 
Okay? This is not some evil corporation. This is just some guy in his freaking garage. Now, here's a little, a little hint to the story. Just behind the scenes, it's something to put in the back of your head for later use. But it's also not right to just bash Amazon because they are a big corporation. That's also bad. We should also remember that. But right now, we're focused on just people in their garages. And you know, this guy was charging so much money for hand sanitizer in the middle of a crisis. What was he doing? Why were his prices so high? I had heard about the coronavirus. It seemed like something that was remote and happening in China, and I didn't see it gaining a foothold here. I tracked things that were trending, and hand sanitizer was starting to be a thing. I bought several thousand bottles from Dollar Tree and then from driving around. I was selling my stuff at higher than market pricing, but I was never the highest price. Amazon has conditioned people that shipping is free. It's not free to the small business, especially if you're shipping a hazmat substance like hand sanitizer that has to be sent a certain way. So the prices that uh, were being charged were not something that is indefensible in my mind. In fact, in the New York Times story, they talk about how he was charging $70 for hand sanitizer. What they didn't disclose was that was for a pack of multiple bottles. It wasn't just one bottle. If you buy a case of hand sanitizer, $70 isn't that much. We talked about the story at the time. Was this random guy some terrible monster? Was what he was doing so wrong? What exactly is the price that this guy is supposed to be charging here? Do we know? If he drove around all weekend finding this stuff, obviously there should be some markup, right? He spent his time, his gas, and he took the risk. How much is he allowed to charge? Can he charge four bucks for something that cost him two dollars? Eight? Sixteen? Hundred and sixty? Here's an idea. He charges whatever the hell he wants. And if he charges too much, nobody buys it. If you think the price is too high, you don't buy it either. You're an adult. Price gouging, ridiculous term, treats you like you're an adult. You should be happy with that. The bottom line is, of course, that no shortage exists if this stuff is priced at market levels in the first place. And what outcome is better? The outcome where our family man makes a bunch of money and thousands of people receive a product that they wanted for a price that they were willing to pay, or the outcome where 17,700 packs of sanitizer remain in his garage unused. Which one sounds more wasteful? Hmm. That was our take back on March 17th of 2020. I hate even saying that date because you're probably having flashbacks as we were just in the middle of the 15 days to slow the spread. But going back to that time, it, it was not, everybody was on this guy, this poor guy. And you watch this, I mean, the documentary, you know, you can watch it yourself on HBO. But I mean, he, this guy is he destroyed. His life is destroyed over this. He has, he's, I mean, he got all sorts of death threats and the whole round that you would expect. And maybe somebody like John Gruden, who's been in the media for a long time and is an NFL coach, is, is prepared to handle that. But just some random guy who's selling hand sanitizer on Amazon? There's also an insane story that we also covered from the uh, BLM riots back in the summer of 2020. Uh, SDG&E man, line man fired for white power sign, even though accuser retracted charge. Now, this was a story that blew our minds at the time. And he was also featured in this documentary, 15 Minutes of Shame. 
I travel east for over a mile, hand on the wheel, window down. I got my hand resting on a door and I'm just doing a series of these. Just a fidgety habit I have. It's just my hand tightens up sometimes at the end of the day. So I'm doing that. When I'm approached by a motorist, a balding Caucasian in his mid fifties, pissed, pissed like I stole his dog. He does this thing and he says, you're gonna do this? Really? You're gonna do this? The light turns green. He calls me a piece of Speeds away and that was it. Would, I mean, that's a crazy interaction, but it should be it, right? Well, of course it wasn't it. People were accusing him of making a white supremacist hand gesture because he was fidgeting out of his window. As he noted uh, in the documentary, he's not even white. So it's, I, mean, I guess you could be a black white supremacist. There's got to be a market for that, I suppose. Uh, but he's a Hispanic white supremacist, apparently. We talked about this one at the time as well. First, noting that the OK symbol is not actually a white supremacist sign. Of course, there is a little detail about the racist OK symbol. That little detail, you know, is, of course, that it's actually not a racist symbol. It's a minor detail, if you care about that sort of thing. It was literally started as a joke to troll the media. I am not kidding you. If you don't know this story, here's one of the targets of the joke, unironically, honestly, somehow, writing about the joke from the New York Times. Quote, it started in early 2017 as a hoax. Some users on 4chan, an anonymous and unrestricted online message board, began what they called Operation OKKK to see if they could trick the wider world and especially liberals and the mainstream media into believing that the innocuous gesture was actually a clandestine symbol of white power. Quote, we must flood Twitter and other social media websites with spam claiming that the OK hand signal is a symbol of white supremacy. One of the users posted, going on to suggest that everyone involved create fake social media accounts with basic white girl names to propagate the notion as widely as possible. Then all the media, you know, actually fell for it. And now the media actually claims it is actually racist. That's the world you live in. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. That was from May 3rd. Uh, and then on our radio program, we talked to the guy who was featured on the documentary, uh, Emmanuel Cafferty. Uh, he, I told him, honestly, who, who I believe the real villain is in his story. When I look at this, I see um, a situation where a lot of people are really stupid on social media and a lot of people allege things that are false on social media and a lot of people do really stupid things on social media. And while the person who alleged this is seemingly clearly in the wrong here, it's a totally different standard to be held by an employer. Uh, they seem to me to be the one who is really at fault here and have taken, I mean, they've, they've smeared your name, they've smeared your reputation, they've taken your job. They really are the ones who are, con in a way, confirming this ridiculous allegation against you. To me, they seem to be the, the ones who are most at fault here. And I don't know, I, maybe I'm not exactly right on that. Maybe in his story it's true, but I don't think it's true overall. When you watch the documentary, you realize that maybe an even bigger villain is the media. The New York Times was looking to talk to sellers that had been shut down on Amazon. 
I've always tried to advocate for other sellers and this looked like a way for me to be able to do that. They asked a lot of questions about the inventory. In the photos, wanted me to look pissed. The whole article was coached in that Amazon's being this big bully and we're gonna expose them for that. But that's not what it turned out to be. They wanted me to look pissed. I mean, I, even just setting up the photo shoots. Again, I will point out, one thing you shouldn't do is do an article about Amazon because you want to trash Amazon. I mean, it seems like they had a good relationship before this, at least at some level. But one thing we've tried to get right here on this show, and I would guess you have too if you watch this show, we try to look at things honestly at the time. I'm glad these guys are featured in a big documentary about how they were wronged, and they were wronged. But this is after their lives are ruined. Manuel Cafferty is still unemployed from this, still. More than a year later, still unemployed. Why did we get these right at the time on this little show? Why, as I suspect, did you see through the hype at the time? Because we're operating on facts and principle and honesty. We're not running to bash every person who's getting lit up in the media every day. You haven't been watching the show long enough if you haven't been annoyed at me for defending someone that you absolutely despise. And that goes both ways. When I talk to you sometimes, people say to me, hey, uh, Stu, you're wrong on this one. And as long as it's not Andrew Cuomo or Colin Kaepernick, I will listen to them. It's true. That's my promise to you. It's not that we can't have righteous anger. Of course we can. It's not that we can't band together to ruin people's lives. Of course we can. This is America after all. But let's just be careful and take our time and make sure we're ruining the right lives. Take a guess. How many points can the average American add to his or her credit score? You know, 10 points, 15 points, zero points. I mean, I didn't think you could add any, really. Now I know there's uh, a number out there. It's 97 points. It's a lot. It's basically like walking down the street and finding free money. That kind of improvement to your credit score means uh, things like, you know, faster loan approvals, huge discounts, uh, you know, lower interest rates on everything from buying or refinancing a home. Um, you can even, if you're going for leasing a car, if you're going to get a credit card, even if you're applying for a new job, a lot of times they're checking your credit score, it better be high. How about you? How many credit points could you use? How, uh, how could it improve your life? Uh, I know I went through this process with ScoreMaster, and ScoreMaster is a service that can help ri uh, raise your credit score. And they will tell you in just a few minutes how many points you can add to your credit score. And you can do this quickly. If you hurry, you can try ScoreMaster right now for free. Uh, you can see how many plus points you can add to your own credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash stew scoremaster.com slash stew. Make sure to use the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Scoremaster.com slash stew. You should know that whenever anything about race happens in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick randomly starts trending on Twitter. And that's why I made this cup, uh, this mug right here, and also uh, the t-shirt, which says, always remember, before, before Colin Kaepernick ever took a knee, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. That is the facts. That is the facts. Remember the facts. Happy to welcome Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage back on the program. Jill, how's it going? It's going great. And that is 100% an accurate statement. Thank and you. if you're going to be outraged about uh, any black quarterback out there not having a job, 
Cam Newton should have a job now way before Colin Kaepernick. Cam Newton is actually a good quarterback. Right. Colin Kaepernick, not so much. Yeah, I mean, Cam, Cam Newton won an MVP of the league. What is, Colin Kaepernick had one half of a good year. And by the way, after he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert, as we covered extensively on the show, Stu does Colin Kaepernick, uh, Blaine Gabbert outplayed him. For sure. I mean, this is not, uh, I just don't As understand. As they say, he passed the eye test. Yes, he if did. If you will. Yes, he did. Uh, so um, I want to talk about uh, the whole Gruden situation. It's a, li- it's a weird one because, I mean, I will say, these aren't like, this isn't one of those situations. Sometimes we cover them. We just covered a couple of them a few minutes ago. A guy putting, uh, he fidgeting with his hands. It looks like a white supremacist signal, and it, you know, a symbol, and he gets fired completely without basis. John Gruden had some pretty bad emails in this bunch, released twice. Uh, you know, I, first of all, you've covered sports for a long time. I have friends who, who are athletes. They don't exactly shy away from nasty language. I mean, there's a reason why Trump said locker room talk is because it's something we're all familiar with. Yeah, none of the content of the emails was surprising to me when you think of it in the context of John Gruden just sending emails like to his buddies, yeah. right? Like that's that's what this was. Now, if you go up and you kind of take the, the 30,000 view, look view of this, sure. there are 650 thousand emails this is all part of a separate investigation from the washington football team formerly known as the redskins Mm -hmm. Uh, they had a workplace environment problem so they were going in and doing an investigation about that that's where these emails surfaced from so all we know from a washington football (laughs) team hostile environment is that john gruden is a racist like that's that's all we got out of this whole email yeah. chain. Like this is there's something it's suspicious. So, it's such a small <laughs> yeah. fraction of these emails that you can't think this is this is what it is. Well, the speculation seems to be, and to tell me if this is the right way to look at it, that the NFL, for whatever reason, wanted Gruden out or the Raiders punished. So they're the ones leaking this to try to make that happen. They don't act after the first accusation comes down, so they release even more, and then finally it turns the tide. Yeah, they did a Friday afternoon news dump. Yeah. And that didn't work because then um, Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy came out on Sunday Night Football and they said, oh, we know John. He's not a racist. We've been traveling with him. We worked with him for years. He's all good. And so they were like, well, we haven't haven't gone far enough, clearly. But what I look at this as is that John Gruden said bad things about the NFL commissioner and Mm. other top people in the NFL front offices, and that made them upset. (laughs) And that I I truly believe that is why we are here now. And and it's interesting to me that it didn't go through ESPN. Like Adam Schefter is usually the guy that's breaking all the news. They had no knowledge of any of this over the weekend because John Gruden used to work at ESPN. And I think that they were trying to just solidify that little moat around (laughs) ESPN saying, we're not going to let them be part of this story because it was the Washington Times, uh, Washington Post, New York Times, everybody else around them, but but not ESPN breaking the story. Yeah, it was interesting, too, that like ESPN doesn't have any they they don't have any issues here. It's like the Raiders are the ones paying the penalty for this, uh, for the actions that John Gruden took while he was at ESPN. ESPN is going to come on and I guarantee they had 25 shows today where they explained how horrible this was and how they couldn't believe what happened with this Raiders coach. It was their employee. It was their employee. The only person that they had um, was Keyshawn Johnson, who like notoriously doesn't like John Gruden used to mm. play for him. And he, so he was the face that they put out there yeah. like, oh, I can tell you. He didn't say he was a racist. He just said he was a bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Right. He's an NFL football coach. 
I don't think that a lot of them are great guys. That's, yeah. that's not the the thing that you need to look for when you're when you're having somebody that's going to come out and you know coach your NFL team. Right, he's known as a loudmouth, right? Gruden is known as a loudmouth who says all sorts of things, swears a lot. Like this is what he's known for. So the fact that he has very salty language is not exactly a surprise. I mean, there's a difference between I mean, I think half of the comments they released were things like he called Roger Goodell names and it's like, well, I mean, that that is it's not a news story. Not a news story. I mean, pretty much everybody most people who watch the NFL have called Roger Goodell a name at one point or another the other stuff i mean really does seem to go well beyond uh what is acceptable discourse here what is what though the way this happens what are the raiders supposed to do because it comes out the first one comes out they stick by him they say look you know we're gonna we're gonna he's gonna apologize you know mike tarico tony dungy came out and say good things about him we're gonna let him coach this game and then he gets hit with a bunch more as you say they have six hundred fifty thousand emails there absolutely could be another wave of this coming what are the raiders supposed to do yeah i think that's what they were worried about is like if it if it doesn't stop now what is the tuesday wednesday thursday news dump going to look yeah. like um so yeah so i think that john gruden just said all right you know what i've i've had a great life i've coached what I've wanted to coach. Uh, I mean, the Raiders were doing okay this season, but it's not something, this definitely was going to be a news story every single weekend uh, throughout the NFL season this year. And there's no getting around it. And as long as Gruden was still there, he was still going to have to answer for all of this. And they had the first, you know, openly gay player right yeah. there on the Raiders team as well. So I think when you combine all of that together, like there was no way for this media storm to just die down. So do we have any idea what Carl Nassib thinks of this situation? Has he spoken out at all? Not yet. Not that I've seen. Because I was interested to think of like, you're a team, you're putting in all of this effort to try to win a Super Bowl. Uh, You know, I don't think the Raiders are there, but they could be a borderline playoff team potentially if they were able to get through this. If you were to, you've dealt with players your whole life. If you were to go and and poll that team right now and say, hey, do we want to shake this whole thing up and kick this guy out? Or do we want to keep him and and deal with this controversy? What do you think they'd say? If we have a good team that's winning, winning cures all. Mm. That is that is always what people say in the NFL and in any, you know, college atmospheres. If you're winning and you have a chance at this, everybody can stay together. As long as the team didn't break in the locker room, uh, I think you have way more problems over in Jacksonville right now in a locker room with Urban Meyer. And then also you're looking at this and they're saying, oh, all these racist comments, all this stuff. Uh, Also, another quarterback that we haven't mentioned, we mentioned Colin Kaepernick, we mentioned Cam Newton. Uh, Deshaun Watson right now is currently accused, allegedly, of uh, sexually assaulting 24 women, and he is still on an NFL roster. So, you know, it, it's going from words and actions. Like, John Gruden sent bad emails. Deshaun Watson allegedly sexually assaulted 24 women. Yeah. I mean, and Tyreek Hill admitted, right? Like, he, he actually admitted he had problems uh, with a domestic abuse situation. Uh, you know, and there was some, you know, weirdness around that, as usually there is. But, like, he's on a roster playing, and no one seems to say anything about it. I mean, I think that inconsistency really, really angers people, because they, you know, I, I think you, know, you see a lot of people jumping to John Gruden's defense, and, and I don't think it's, they're not defending his comments. They're just saying that this is a crazy double standard. Yeah, I, I just look at it and I just think the whole thing, right? Like for me, it, it is just do what you, you know, you, do your job, do it well and, and stick by that. Yeah. And the emails that you wrote 10 years ago while you worked for ESPN, I, yeah, they're not great, 
but <laughs> do they have any bearing on your current situation? Can you still do the job that you're getting paid to do despite emails that you sent before? Yeah, that, that's yeah. why I think it would have been interesting to hear, and maybe we will hear this week from Carl Nassib or, or, right. or you know, maybe some of the African-American players on the team. You know, you, 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 I guess they could have jumped out and tried to defend them, right? They could, they could have maybe been really loud and say, hey, but I don't even know that Nassib had a chance. I mean, it was only hours after the, the homophobic comments came out the, that he was gone. I mean, I, it, it seems to me that, like, these players should have a voice here, and they don't. Yeah, well, and unfortunately for John Gruden, he, he was checking the only boxes that you cannot check in, yeah. in the offensive <laughs> right. language yeah. with the LBGTQ, you know, all, yeah. all of that. If you say that, it's, it's basically an automatic. You're, you're out. It does seem to be that way. Okay, let me, um, let me go over to uh, the NBA for a second because we've got lots of sports stories to talk today. Uh, Kyrie Irving uh, is unvaccinated, does not want to get vaccinated. I mean, you know, he's been he's been uh, at odds with the media over lots of different. I mean, he said he says he thinks the earth is flat. I mean, he's all over the place on stuff. He decides he's not going to do it. You know, in my view, that should be his choice. Right. That's not the choice, not only of the Nets, but also of New York City. And I think that's the more important thing here. You know, the Nets are getting a lot of press today because they're saying, well, we're taking a stand. We're going to he, he needs to he needs to stay on the sideline. He can't come to the facility while he's unvaccinated. But really, this is more of a, a, a policy that the city has implemented that he can't play in these games. But that was the problem then on Friday as well. It was big news day on Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, they said that Kyrie was going to be allowed in the practice facility. So then he's back in practicing with the team. Mm -hmm. And I think the GM went, oh, we can't we can't have this. We thought we were all in with New York City and and he can't practice and we're all good. Uh, so then you, you come back and then the GM today says, oh, well, we've decided as a team Mm. that he can no longer participate. So they were going to let him They were practice. going to let him go practice. So the, the, the overall thing was at home games, he could not play <laughs> in home games because Brooklyn had a vaccination policy where you had to be vaccinated. You could not show uh, the negative COVID test. Right. It had to be the vaccine or nothing to get in to watch a game. So they said, okay, everybody that's in there has to be vaccinated. So then Kyrie Irving would be allowed to play road games with the Nets, which would have been the craziest thing ever in the yeah. NBA season, not to see him half the time and then just to see him for all these road games. Um, but the yeah, the GM and team owner decided today that they they just felt like they didn't want somebody. They said we weren't we aren't interested in a part time partner. Yeah, it's not fair <laughs> to everybody else. Um, so Kyrie, as he looked at it, he was like, listen, I'm fine with just playing road games. That's that's cool with me. He's he's set to make thirty five million dollars this year. A little bit of that is bonuses. So it's just over fifteen million dollars that he still would make for all of those road games. Now, they said that they will still honor that fifteen million dollars because He's he's legally, you know, all, all the NBA rules, all the city rules, everything. He's legally allowed to be playing on those road games. So they still owe him that money. They don't owe him the money technically then for the home games uh. that he would be missing. But Kyrie Irving is now going to make 15 million dollars just to not be vaccinated. And, and, and people are like, oh, I can't believe him. He's dumb. Oh, that sounds really smart to me. <laughs> I like mean, he, 35 sounds great, but 15 yeah. just to hang? Just to hang. Not a bad deal. I will say, too, uh, when's the last time Kyrie Irving made it through a full season anyway? You might as well play 20 point. or 30 games. Yeah, that's, that's all he was good for anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe he'll actually last through the playoffs this time uh, if you actually uh, let him rest himself a little bit. This is just like this whole thing, and this is happening 
uh, it, it was happening in uh, Golden State with Andrew Wiggins, and, and, and you know, it's happening. He backed down. Yeah, he wound up backing down and getting it. Um, it's happening in colleges around the country as well. Uh, this idea that you get to make choices for everybody on your team, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because we keep hearing about people like Kyrie Irving. Look, the NBA is going to be, what, 97% vaccinated by the time this season starts? Yep. I mean, it's certainly well beyond not only the general population, but beyond the elderly uh, in this country, which are at 94, 95%, and beyond what everybody says is herd immunity. And yet we still hear the complaints constantly. It's, it's more about control, isn't it? It's absolutely about control because when I look at this football season, college, NFL, right last year we were always having to worry about who is going to be having to sit out all of the uh, yeah. the containment factors, if you yeah, will, you yeah. know, social distancing, and, and you've been exposed, so you have to sit out. We haven't had anybody contact traced this season in the NFL in college football. And I know they're going to say, oh, it's because so many people got vaccinated. Right. But still, like, that's just not a thing anymore. It's We don't have to worry about that for our favorite team week in and week out who's been contact race, who can't go back in and play. Right. And I just think if that's what we're dealing with right now, where NFL rosters, right, like there are 53 guys in college football, it can be up to 105. You're talking about an NBA team? Yeah. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Why are why are we making this such a big deal uh, when when the vaccination levels are what they are and just to get that last, you know, 5 10 guys that aren't that aren't vaxxed like they're, they it has to be control at that point. It's all or nothing for this. And and it's funny because the NBA as a league actually, you know, their their commissioner or um their um NBA players association yeah, yeah. person mm -hmm. she's come out and she's like no we're not we're not going to put anything out there they do what they want i'm like all right so why is there this huge pushback uh, it's, it's unbelievable it really is about control and signaling so much of this is just signaling i feel like uh it's blaze tv contributor jill savage uh where can people find you on on, uh, on twitter jill underscore savage that's, that's a, the best place that's the best place jill thanks so much thank you So when you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. I mean, who knows what can happen? We've seen what happened with Kyrie Irving. Who knows what happened to you and your business? Wrongful termination suits, uh, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. And I mean, all the stuff we've been talking about today, all this stuff can burn you if you're a business owner. And HR manager salaries aren't exactly cheap. We're talking like, you know, average of 70,000 a year. So Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, is there to make sure that your small business can be taken care of. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day -day for like what $65,000 and they save you no $99 a month 99 bucks a month you can go month to month no hidden fees you can cancel anytime go to bambi.com slash stew right now schedule your free HR audit it's bambi.com slash stew b-a-m-b-e-e.com slash stew don't forget the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like the stupid show bambi.com slash stew In tech news today, uh, Facebook is launching an audio hub in the U.S. for podcasts, live audio, and short-form uh, clips. Uh, so they're getting into the podcast game. Now, podcasts such as this particular program can now be listened without ever leaving the app or uh, your Facebook page, which is pretty cool. If you happen to be going through Facebook anyway, why not turn on this stupid show? Give us a listen. You know, maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll just think I'm an idiot. That's fine, too. Uh, since your humble host, of course, is very 
tech savvy. As you know, uh, we have already launched the feature uh, for you know for you through some super secret access. We basically uh, we we started uh, we 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 took Mark Zuckerberg's cat hostage. Uh, so he had to give it to us early. Uh, if you aren't following me, uh, Stubergear on Facebook, uh, why is that? If you are, make sure you go and mark my page as your favorite. You kind of long press that button, uh, your follow button, and a super secret menu pops up letting you uh, mark us as favorite. And you can now shop your merch right on the site too, right on Facebook. Uh, but if you don't mark us, as your favorite, well then, first of all, I'm gonna be personally offended, so is Mark Zuckerberg's cat, and also those evil tech companies are going to, uh, you know, bl probably block half the posts that we put up there. So check it out, I appreciate it. Um, that's going on. Also in tech news, um, they're still trying to cancel Dave Chappelle, and it's, it's not easy to do. Dave is probably, if you're gonna cancel someone, he's probably the top of the mountain. He's so very well respected. Uh, he's got followers on both sides of the aisle. He's sort of a legendary comic. He's walked away from a $50 million Comedy Central deal. So he's kind of one of these guys that doesn't really want to play the game. He's got a Netflix deal that just ended. So he had a five, I think it was five specials. I think it was five. And he just put up the fifth one. It's called The Closer. Um, and right now, at least, Netflix is standing by, and we'll see how long this lasts. Chappelle is one of the most popular stand-up comedians today, and we have a long-standing deal with him. His last special, Sticks and Stones, also controversial, is our most-watched, stickiest, and most award-winning stand-up special to date. Uh, he wrote, uh, this is the CEO, wrote in a uh, memo obtained by Variety. As with our other talent, we work hard to support their creative freedom, even though this means there will always be content on Netflix that some people believe is harmful. As examples, uh, uh, Serendos uh, re uh, re referenced the uh, special cuties, which is great. If, you, if you're into um, watching, uh, like, you know, 11-year-old striptease, it's pro you probably already have, are a fan of this show, um, this, this movie in particular, but you probably really liked it. Um, also, 13 Reasons Why, if you like watching uh, teenagers kill themselves. It's a great, great show. Uh, and then My Unorthodox Life, about a fashion executive leaving the Jewish Orthodox faith, which I, I, it's on my list to watch, but I just haven't gotten there yet. So anyway, they say they're going to stick by him. You know, the idea that Netflix is impervious to this stuff, I think at this point is, uh, is it's more true for them than a lot of other places. But I, I do think long term. They, they don't stop. There's not like one wave of complaints. There's, once you say something that does not align with the woke left, eventually they come for you. And, you know, I, I just don't think even Dave Chappelle is impervious to this long term. Might not be this time. Might be a year from now or three years from now or four years from now. Eventually this guy will get canceled because he said too much already. Even Dave Chappelle is cancelable in this world. Uh, also, Joe Biden is cancelable. Now, Joe uh, is not doing very well as president. Who would have thought that this completely untalented dolt from Delaware wouldn't be a great president? I, I know I'm stunned by that information. The American public is, uh, is stunned apparently as well. Now, they, they, one of the, you look at the border, he's at like 23% approval. You look at um, you know, the economy, he's doing very poorly. Uh, you look at Afghanistan doing very poorly. One of the things that kind of held up a little bit, for whatever reason, was his handling of COVID. Now, remember, this is a guy who said to you he was not going to shut down America. He was going to shut down the virus. You could count on Joe. Remember the Independence Day speech where he came out and said, we basically won, right? You remember that. You were allowed to have an outdoor barbecue with four of your closest friends as long as they stayed 14 feet away from you. That whole thing was going on.
He said he was going to cancel the virus. Well, that hasn't happened, obviously. We saw the rise of Delta, and we're going to go into that a little bit this week. I think we're at the point where we're at the fall of Delta, and uh, we are past the worst of it, and we can go into that a little bit this week. But they asked people, what do you think about what's the state of COVID? And they broke it into four different categories. The pandemic has already ended. It will end in the next six months. It will end in more than a year from now, or it will never end. (laughs) I know a lot of you are like, it will never end. Good God, it will never end. So what they did, though, with this poll was interesting. They asked people, what is your what is your faith in in, in Joe Biden and his ability to handle the COVID thing? Well, if you said the pandemic has already ended, the uh, approval rating for Biden has dropped from 86 percent to 72 percent. Um, excuse me, this is a. This, I'm getting that backwards. It's gone uh, for the people who say they have no trust in Biden. I was going to say if he had an 86 percent approval rating for people who said there is no trust in Biden, that has risen from 72 to 86 percent. If you think that it's going to end in the next six months, it's jumped from 35 percent have no faith in Biden to 55 percent. It will end in more than a year from now. And you can tell this is where most of the liberals are hanging out. That's only risen from 38 to 42 percent. And then it will never end. The disapproval of Biden is from 60 to 68 percent. Long story short on this poll, poll, everything looks terrible for Joe Biden. That's the long and the short of it. That's why we have all the uh, merch, the, uh, the Senility Now merch you can get at stewdoesmerch.com because you know what? I think everybody's coming along to the same place you're at. People, uh, people are at some other party and you were hanging out and you're by yourself for a while. And like, why doesn't anyone else come to this party? And now everyone's starting to trickle in and they're realizing, you know, Joe Biden sucks. If you've been trying to do something in the real estate market right now, you know the market is crazy. Uh, People are doing all sorts of crazy things right now. People are spending, I mean, a lot of people are coming from these high-priced blue states and bringing that cash down to red states because they want to escape the blue states. And that's causing all sorts of weird things in the housing market. You need to have someone who's really mastered this, someone who thinks about it all the time, not someone who took a class nine years ago and uh, they happen to be friends with one of your friends uh, and they're their cousins and then the former roommate. You don't need that. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a place you can go to find the best real estate agents in your area, no matter where you are in the country, blue state, red state, communist dictatorship or freedom hut. doesn't matter where you are. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best real estate agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. You can comment on the show on Facebook anytime while we're doing the show. Watch it there. Comment below. We really appreciate you seeing your comments. This one comes in and says, shouldn't it be called cancer culture? It is deadly. It's true. And there's seemingly no cure for either one. Uh, This one also comes in on YouTube. You can do the same on YouTube. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. We're over 50,000 followers. We thank you for that. Uh, This uh, comes in from Joey. I'll just say it. I know I'm a libertarian, but every time uh, Stu has Michael Malice or anybody from Reason on, it's such a fantastic conversation. Maybe it's just me. Stu should have more capital L libertarians on. People that are open about loving liberty. Kudos, Stu. Thanks for the fantastic daily synopsis and conversation. Man. Guess what? We have Michael Malice coming up soon. I think he's coming on this week or early next week. I don't know. Very soon. We just had Robbie Suave on from Reason uh, this past, I think it was Friday. We like talking to libertarians. You know, sometimes libertarians, they're not as trendy. You know, maybe. uh, But I, you know, I like being pushed in the direction of liberty. 
I don't want to be pushed in the direction. If someone's going to make me uncomfortable, I want them to be make me uncomfortable for having too little government. The government's too small, and I feel, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can handle that. That, that, that lack of intervention into my life. That's where I want to be pushed, and I think that's where society needs to be pushed, frankly. Uh, as we uh, go forward, we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes. It's going well so far. I mean, what are we, 28 trillion in debt? No big deal. Okay, before we leave um, and, t- and take another break, we have Demi Lovato, the singer, who has said all sorts of uh, interesting things. Every time she, she opens her mouth, it's, it's a headline. Her latest one is very interesting. Now, she's very, very LGBTQ2IA plus friendly. And I believe she is non-binary. She's gone through about 14 of the different categories. And she's landed today on non-binary. So that's whatever that means is what she is. Um, Because she says she is that thing. And that is the only thing. There's no no ability for an outside person to factually judge what she is. Um, And I keep saying she for, you know, reasons because she's a girl but she's non-binary and i want you to know she's non-binary now she says it is derogatory uh to call people aliens you've heard this sort of shtick from people over crossing the border oh don't call them illegal aliens call them undocumented people or whatever but we're not talking about people this time we're talking about actual aliens she says i do not have a call a song called aliens uh, who is a, it says lovato who is a known believer in extraterrestrial life she says the notion sounds cool but clarified if they were to have a song about beings from another planet or in space the song would definitely not be called aliens my fans should know that i do not call them aliens because alien is a derogatory term for anything even extraterrestrials which is why i call them ets so there you go uh you bastards you've been calling them aliens the whole time sigourney weaver is one of the most hateful people i know because she called that thing you know when that thing came out of that guy's chest she's like that's an alien and you know what? I stopped caring about that guy who was writhing in pain, and I started caring about offensive speech. Back in a second. Trending on Twitter today, Colin Kaepernick. Why? Because someone, someone did something racist. So I guess we have to all complain about why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. The only way I guess you could, you could prove that Colin Kaepernick did lose his job for reasons other than kneeling was if he lost his job before he took a knee, right? That's the only way you could prove it. Well, um, uh, that happened, just so you remember. And that's why we have this fantastic cup and T-shirt. Always remember, before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. It's the hit of every tailgate party across the country. Make sure you don't miss out. It's at stewdoesmerch.com, stewdoesmerch.com. Also, uh, if you want to get a Nancy Pelosi pen for Christmas, they are back in stock. Don't miss them. They're available now as well. Okay, so here's what happened. Ladies in bed. Don't worry, uh, this doesn't get x-rated. She's in bed. She's sleeping away. Nice little night. All of a sudden, boom, a crash. What's happened? Something falls on her, like debris falls on her face. She wakes up. She doesn't know what's going on. She turns around. She looks down, and there's just this rock next to her on her bed. What is it? She tries to figure it out. She starts asking around town. She realizes that people started seeing a meteor right around that time. And that's what it was. A meteor went through her freaking roof and through her ceiling in her bedroom and landed right next to her in bed and she somehow lived through it. 
incredible. I will tell you this, when the little green dudes show up to collect their missing good luck stone, I just hope humanity has the decency to refer to them as extraterrestrials and never aliens. That is a galactic conflict we do not need Joe Biden in charge of right now.